a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Whoa. Hey, hey. Hey, so, uh, how are how you? How do we do this again? I don't know, I forgot. It seems like forever. How uh, do I get the uh, random... Oh, here, I got it. All, all I far. know is that you are still doing show prep for Table Talk Radio. This is nice, by the way. Theoretically... I'm still doing show prep. So here's what's uh, so here's what's on the agenda for <laughs> you, today. You might be wondering why uh, we're playing Bible Bee so much, ladies. And gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Theoretically, at least we know you're not doing show prep. <laughs> <laughs> True. I I lost this bet. Do you remember how this went? It seems like years oh, ago. Oh, do I? We were on the plane flying into Toronto, and I was going to get on an earlier flight into Denver, and you said you're not going to make it because you only have half an hour to change terminals and go through customs and do all this stuff. Well, you, said, had, you had like an hour and a half or something like that, but when the, we check off 45 minutes late and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so I make it. So the bet was if I win, it's. Uh, Stevie a little, a little less conversation, a little more action for the no. bump. No superstition. Yeah, superstition for the bump. And if you win, I pre- prepare the show for four months, for four weeks. Excuse me. So now we're on week three of four. Uh, the hits keep on coming. So today the agenda is such: first, we will do emails, buzzwords, and uh, and other things, business. Then segment two through three is Bible B, like we did last time. <laughs> Uh, except for this time, we're going to have a themed version of Bible B, and that the theme is suffering, which is apropos for our show. Uh, it's also apropos because I just wrote this paper on suffering, and you just had the class with uh, Professor John Pless there at the church on suffering. And then, in the last segment, we're going to play a new game that I just invented called Get the Picture. Is that what it was called again? What's the picture? Well, either way. Get the picture, which will be explained at the beginning of the fourth segment. Right. Also, in your email, you said when we do uh, our responding listeners' emails today, we're going to do a shout-out to COPD, which I think is great because 
Uh, that's a difficult lung disease, and um, and you know it makes people hard to breathe while they're COPD, coughing and the mucus. And if you, and could it's about time you, you a shout out to COPD. COPD stands not for culinary something something obstructive disease. pulmonary disease. Yeah, Con- chronic no. Yeah, no. chronic COP- obstructive pulmonary disease. COPD stands for cult of pure doctrine. Oh, that COPD. Oh, well, I got all excited about, you know, shout out to those with COPD. Oh, no, no. Now, okay. uh, especially shout out to the <laughs> Boston Beer Party in dispersion, cult of pure doctrine, who was there represented in full force at the worship conference in Seward last week. What, both we members had, were there? All three members. Oh, three members. We had I can't Eric keep track of this church growth. No, that's they were from the beginning. Three. Now they're looking. The problem is they're in diaspora, so they're looking for new. They got to get new mascots. But uh, Paul, the astrophysicist, Mark, Elder, the younger, and Eric, ex cathedra. <laughs> they were all three there. Now you know. So we had. I did a thing. I did a talk. To that the helps group. me know how obnoxious this conference was that you just came from. <laughs> now here's the best part. Uh, so we, we, I had one of the plenaries, they call it. So I was talking to everyone, all 400 people. And then after that, they had a breakout, further conversation with Pastor Wolfmuller. And there was six people in that room, including the Boston Beer Party front row. You only right had there, six, out of 400 people, six people want to hear from you more. <laughs> I thought that was good. I said, I, but, but look, oh it's the, 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 the Boston Beer Party COPD doubled the attendance of the breakout. The so. guys were going, man. <laughs> I'm, sympathy. I'm glad both of the plenaries here, so I didn't go to a sectional. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Anywho, all right, great. By the way, well, buzzwords, well done, fellas. Oh yeah, ready? So, I got one for you. Yeah, it's this: the First Council of Constantinople. Mm. The First Council of Constantinople was called by the Byzantine Emperor Theodosius I in the year 381. I always, by the way, think it's 375. It's wrong in my mind. Now, the problem is it's wrong in my... You, this is one of these things. You know, I, I think 375, and then I think, no, that's wrong. It's 381. But then I think 381, no, I have it wrong. It's 375, and I trick myself all the time. Anyway, the right date is not 375. It's 381. To confirm the Nicene Creed and deal with other matters of the Arian controversy, do you hear the thunder? I'm broadcasting no. in a thunderstorm. I was fine without knowing that. This was the second of the first seven ecumenical councils. The council, which was attended by 186 bishops, settled two basic issues, the deity of the Holy Spirit and the true humanity of Christ. The council affirmed the original Nicene Creed of faith as far as it went, but expanded the discussion of the Holy Spirit to combat heresies. It's therefore called the Nicene Creed of 381, or the Niceo-Constantinopolitan Creed, to distinguish it from that of the First Council of Nicaea in the year 325 A.D. By the way, the the First Council, the Council of Nicaea, 325, met in Nicaea. Now, the Second Council... First Council of Constantinople met in Constantinople at the church called Hagia Irene, which means holy peace. And uh, I was there. I saw it. I was trying to break into that church. It's still standing. Uh, but I couldn't find any open windows when we were there. So we said the Niceo Constantinopolitan Creed on the front door. That's pretty cool. Now, what happened at this council, by the way? Now I'm off of Theopedia and just telling you, at the Council of Nicaea 325, they did the first part of what we know as the Nicene Creed, and it just ended, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And then in Constantinople, some 75 plus 6 years later, no, 50 plus 6 years later, 
they added the whole article on the Holy Spirit. You got it? Nice. Well done. Okay. I kind of tuned out doing some Bible Bee prep while you were talking about all that, but I'm sure what you said was fantastic. Oh, yeah. My theological buzzword for you is demon. Biblically speaking, a demon is an unclean spirit that follows or obeys Satan and not God. They are also called evil spirits, according to Acts 19, 12 through 16. So you demon. Mark, Mark, you know what Mark calls the demons? Also, through the first part of the, of, he calls them unclean spirits. Isn't that what I just said? No, you said evil spirits. Look, Un- I, said, I said, biblically speaking, a demon is an unclean spirit. Well, I didn't hear that. <laughs> and I was listening intently yeah. to the thunder outside. <laughs> now, uh, so why unclean spirit? Why does why does Mark call the demons the unclean spirits? Because they aren't clean. They're all dirty. What are, how are they dirty? How, how and in what way are the demons dirty, I ask you right now? They, they have dirty intentions. <laughs> it's kind of like, look, when you say to uh, your kids... Hey, are you guys watching a dirty movie? You're not saying that it's that there's like dirt all over the DVD when they put it in. So it's an unclean spirit. Yeah, uh, but we normally. I'm use glad dirty. I could clear that up for you. <laughs> we normally use dirty to, to to refer to the sixth commandment in in that sense. Uh-huh. But the, the, the demons are not particularly interesting. It's not like these are sixth commandment demons. <laughs> well, I suppose the reference is more to what is clean and unclean. You know, Jesus yes. says it's not what is uh, what goes into the mouth that defiles the man, but what uh, is in the heart. Defiled and defiling demons, mm-hmm. unholy demons. Mm. Now, this whole idea of being clean and holy needs to be looked into. Would you get on that, please? Are you talking to the listener? Sure, he will. <laughs> now, here, you ready for the next part of the show, which is called email? Yeah, and you have a minute and a half here. Oh, good, because it's a short one. Uh, hi, pastors. This is from Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Oh, no, wait. Lisa? Hi, Lisa. Lisa's using Stephen's email, apparently. Lisa, <laughs> change your Manans. password. <laughs> that's right. Stephen, you've been hacked. <laughs> that, that's, I've noticed that's a theme with our emailers. Using they, another... don't want, they don't want their real email address to get through this. Lisa writes this. Hi, pastors. I saw this church sign. Quote, how do you receive the seeds of faith? It was on a Roman Catholic church. Respectfully, Lisa, from Stephen's email. Wait, what was the question? How do you receive the seeds of faith? That's on a church sign. Oh, oh I, I thought she was asking the question. No, uh, it's a church sign that's asking the oh, question, okay. which has now been passed on to us. So what do you, th- what do you think about that sign? I, How do you receive the seeds of faith? Well, I suppose uh, you listen to the Word of God. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe that's what this sign is mean. How do you receive the seeds of faith? <laughs> Over here at the Catholic Church, we receive it in the Eucharist. You guys, how do you do it? By watching TV? I suppose that was probably on the, when the pericope was in uh, Matthew's, uh, you know, the three-year election. They had the parable of the, the seed and the sower uh, recently. Right. So. It's a problem is the emphasis takes is off of the seed and on to us, right. the receiver. And that is the danger. Yeah. So that, and, and the, the word of God itself is what bestows this, the, what implants faith. Not us. So that's right. Well, if you have an email you'd like to send us, send to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can always give us a call at 1 800 385 SOLA, 1 800 385 7652. We'll be right back. 
A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio world. A lot of sea songs. See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of my precious child. And know a mother's love. Best show ever. Table Talk Radio. I met a man the other day. He asked me what for some in change. The world I gave it this? to him gladly. Then he told me something strange. He said he had the longest name. Of then there is no rival. My mom was indecisive, so she made me half the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, But now you understand because we're playing Bible B. Hey, remember how you watched the Lego movie on the airplane? I do. Because I told you you should watch it and you didn't like it. And it has this great quote in there. It's the Lego Batman. And he says this. What the heck is that? <laughs> Please don't the, start quoting from the Lego movie on the Double Decker Radio. Couch. That's what I say to that song. What the heck <laughs> is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, anyway. All right, we're going to play some Bible Bee. Oh, man, I've been dreaming about playing Bible Bee for about 20 minutes. All right, here's your round one. All right. Hmm. And that's three the verses. Spe- the there? special right. suffering edition of Bible Bee, by the way. So hopefully you picked verses about suffering. Oh, was I supposed to do that? That's all right. Let's Oops. go. Okay. Here it is. He we'll make it work. And he answered and said to them, this will be the game. How do you get this verse to suffering? <laughs> anyway, verse, uh, this verse. Okay. Yeah, what verse is it? Uh, I don't know. 400. <laughs> he answered and said to them, Do you suppose that all these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them were worse uh, culprits, mine says, culprits than all the men? That live in Jerusalem. Uh, I I would suppose so. Yeah. Okay. The end. <laughs> now this is Jesus talking. By the way, apparently two things happened. There was two tragedies that were in the news that day. Jesus probably saw them first on Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's where you get the news first. Are you? You don't even know about Twitter. Whatever happened to that fake Evan I'm, Gagline account? I'm, I'm Does more, that still exist? I'm more like Jesus. I'm not having a Twitter account. Did we, did we have to pull down? Did they have to pull down the fake Evan Gagline account because you were protesting about it? I can't. Uh, looking right on the now. vice of counsel, I cannot speak to that matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Evan Gay. I don't, if I wish I knew how to spell your last name. E-G. <laughs> Are you going to guess where this is now, from? Or now, what? look, so so the two news items that are there are um, the uh, the tower. No, no, the first is that there was some, what is this event? That Pilate had these Galileans killed and mixed their blood with the sacrifice? Yeah. What in the world happened? Yeah. That's, that's weird. That's awful. Huh. Anyway. Uh, now, um... And and and, uh, and that must have been in the news. And people are saying, "Why did this happen to these guys? Is it because of their sin?" And Jesus says, "No, 
but you uh, should repent. <laughs> and, then, and then Jesus brings up a second occasion, which is this tower, the Tower of Siloam, which apparently fell over, maybe during construction, or maybe just it was thundering and lightning, or whatever. We don't know why. This tower fell over, and it killed how many guys? Did it 18. 18 men die. And, the, and Jesus says, do you think that they died because they were worse sinners? Those 18 were worse sinners than everyone else in Jerusalem? No, but you should repent. <laughs> now, this is an incredible teaching about suffering because it is to say that uh, we are always tempted to draw a line between our sin and our suffering. You see that? You see the picture? Mm. Here's my suffering, and it's probably because of my sin. And especially this is an indication that we don't have a good conscience, that there's sin that's troubling us. And so we say, oh, man, uh, you know, I did that thing. I said that bad thing about that person, and that's why uh, I, I'm, I'm hitting every red light on my way to the, to the a meeting and we're going to run late or whatever. You see, so bad things are happening to us, and we try to connect that bad thing to the bad thing that we did. Now, Jesus says, no, you can't do that. The prophets could do it. That was the job of the prophet is to connect the line between the people's sin and God's punishment. But we don't have the prophets anymore. And, and this key point is that the line between our sin and our trouble goes through the death of Jesus. So you cannot connect the dots. They cannot go in a straight line. We know that we suffer not because Jesus is mad at us. So whenever we see something bad happen to us or to someone else, our response is to not to try to connect the dot to the sin. This is the fundamentalist track, like a hurricane hits New Orleans and they say that's because they're so wicked. Uh, but that you can't do that. But you can repent yourself because we all are sinners that need repentance. <clears throat> what about, Pastor, what about when I'm uh, wondering why it would be that my liver shutting down when all my life I, uh, I abused alcohol? I mean, right. speak to that. But, yeah, it could be. Is um, God punishing me because of my sin of alcoholism? Well, probably the, this is natural law. So that the Lord has made, uh, you know, you know, for example, our bodies to um, uh, to be blessed by a certain orderly living and to be wounded by a certain disorderly wound, uh, living. So you could do dumb things and the results are bad. But you could also just wake up with cancer and having lived your whole life fine. I mean, most guys who die with heart attacks do it when they're exercising. Which is, by the way, the number one of the ten reasons I don't exercise. I don't want to die. You know? That that looks hard. That running looks hard. If I believe, by the way, that God gave us pain for a reason, then I say, well, why would I want to run? That hurts. You're going to like end the... up in the same place. Jane on the treadmill. Look, I I don't I do not need a treadmill warning because I notice that when I get on the treadmill and I get off. I am in the exact same place. <laughs> so I could have just sat, stood still. It's a lot safer, too. <laughs> okay. Also, number th the reason number three I don't exercise is because I'm lazy. You're like, the, you're like the, the Lutheran Jim Gaffigan. Hey, thanks. Oh, wait, now, no. <laughs> this, <laughs> is the, uh, this is the gospel. By the way, this is the gospel of Luke where Jesus talks about this. And only in Luke. So that is my guess. What is the gospel of Luke? Well, had I known that was only in Luke, I wouldn't have picked it. So, <laughs> 100 points. I figure that's probably ding, the one of the synoptics. <clears throat> okay. 100 points. Did you think that it's in Luke, right? Did you look to see the parallel? What, what's, chap what's the verse? 13. Chapter. 
Yeah, see, that whole section from like Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 17 or whatever, only in Luke. There it is. What's it called, the travel narrative? Law and or gospel. Uh, let's see, law and or... Hmm. You know, when Jesus yes. says, unless you yes. repent, you will also likewise perish, so, that be so, law or gospel, So pastor. first, Jesus comforts us with this. <laughs> Jesus comforts us that we can't connect the line between our sin and the Lord's and, and the bad things. That's gospel. Uh, law is the first part of repentance, acknowledging your own sin. But then the second part of repentance, remember, is faith that trusts in the promise. So repentance is both law and gospel. So this is both. Okay. Got it? I'll take that. Congratulations. Hold on, man. I didn't even have, I haven't even written a points column on my prep, show oh my prep goodness. thing here, but I I'm ha- writing it down. I have quotables e- from uh, Plus's e- class. W. You want, want some of these? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, in suffering, God proves his power against the devil. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Now we're playing Name That Theologian. <laughs> in suffering, God proves his power against the devil. Is that a plus quote or someone else? A plus quote. Okay. Um, it is better to be with a cross than without one. <laughs> plus. <laughs> we're not playing. <laughs> 200 points. <laughs> Who is Professor Plus? <laughs> Let's see. Um, through the cross, God shows discipline, all, but it always drives us back to the cross. Ah, well, more of those. Anyway, you, could, you should give me a round of Bible B. Here it is. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Sounds Pauline to me. Um, and I I don't know which ones. I mean, uh, this could be Philippians. This could be Second uh, Corinthians. Uh, Are you looking at trying to get a reaction from me? I reacted <laughs> facially. My face was astonished <laughs> at one of those things. I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching The Office the other day, and, and he goes... There are many ways to tell when a person's lying. They cover their face. They look away. Unfortunately, I was talking to the guy on the phone. And I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> um, it's hard on the radio. <laughs> I'm going to go with Second Corinthians. What is Second Corinthians? This comes from First Peter. <laughs> like I said, it sounds very Pauline. Oh boy. First Peter chapter four. That was when Paul writes to First Peter. <laughs> Paul's first letter to Peter. Wait a minute. First Peter chapter four verses twelve to fourteen. All right. Uh, now, oh, I have something to say. I I have a thing on this, but you go. What is, law or gospel? Let's see what you think. Wait, First Peter four what? Uh, twelve to fourteen. Why don't you just go, beloved? Do not think it strange concerning the fire trial, which is uh, to try you, as though some strange thing mm-hmm. were happened to you. But rejoice. So okay, so the reason that Peter is saying that uh, it's not a strange thing when these uh, testings come about us, um, these fiery trials, uh, is because we're uh, suffering the suffering suffering of Christ. Um, yeah. So this yeah. is this is where our rejoicing comes: is that we rejoice. In that our sufferings are uh, are because the fact that we're Christians, 
So we should we should talk about this after the break that you know, just because I fall and break my leg I'm suffering, that in itself is not yet a cross. We'll see what a cross is after this commercial break. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The books of the Bible, time-tested and reliable. Scripture has a power that's undeniable. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. So, welcome back to Table Talk Radio, playing Bible B. How come you don't like all my children's songs about... uh, What? You... Man, bump music is normally the best part of the show, unless we're doing Bible B. Unless <laughs> it's the episode on suffering. That's true. <laughs> so, Which, as you made the point, every episode is the suffering episode. <laughs> we're interested in your sanctification. That's and, right. And to, to that degree, we are talking about broken legs, apparently. Well, you know, I mean, just just because you are suffering, uh, you would talk about bearing the cross or something like that. And just because you're suffering doesn't mean... Um, that's necessarily a cross, uh, because this is something that's particular to Christians. So, I mean, anybody can listen to Table Talk Radio and be suffering. Um, but it's, uh, it's when hey, you're hey, suffering. Hey, Table Talk Radio is Christian suffering. <laughs> but it's when you're suffering. Uh, um, well, l- let me give you an example. All right. So, uh, someone gets cancer. Well, Christians and non Christians alike uh, get cancer. And so that's not particularly um, the cross that that we have for the sake of uh, us being a Christian. However, uh, it can come by that uh, cancer, for example, because when uh, when the Christian has something like cancer, along comes the devil and says, "Aha! See, you're a sinner." Because uh, if you weren't a sinner, you wouldn't have cancer. It, it, God is punishing you uh, with this cancer to to show you that He doesn't love you. And that he has left you. He's forsaken you. You should consider yourself abandoned by God because you have cancer. That's what the devil does. And that's where we're bearing our cross. I think that's right. Except for I want to. I do want to expand this and understand that when the Christian suffers any kind of suffering, I mean, from a stubbed toe to loneliness to whatever, to persecution, to being crucified like the fools over in Iraq are doing to the Christians, that's just an abomination in this kind of this this explicit persecution. But that it, it that in all of this we are with Christ, so that Jesus shares in our suffering in every way. So that when when Hebrew says that he was tempted in every way like us, it calls him the the sympatheo, the with that we say sympathy that he would have sympathy. But this is means with suffering, so that Jesus is with us in every way in our suffering. So that so that um, even the first article suffering that we get, I mean, even just even, you know, knocking our head on the door because we didn't see it and we walked into it is that even Christ is with his Christians, even in that. And I, I am interested in taking this even further, it's, which is the point where you will protest, is that even when we suffer because of our own sin, still Christ suffers with us. Ooh. 
Ooh, protest. and not apart from us. Yeah, see, I knew you would yeah. protest. Okay, ready for your round two? Well, no, but I've got to say something about this oh. First Peter thing, because this, now, uh, the, the, the Peter says in this, uh, in a very Pauline way. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, thought so. <laughs> that we shouldn't be surprised. Now, this is the big thing that we're dealing with nowadays, because we think our whole life is there for the purpose of our own happiness. And we, when suffering happens, we're surprised. What? I got to suffer? What is this about? I'm surprised. I shouldn't suffer <laughs> because I should have awesome things happening to me all the time. Everything right? is awesome. Da da da. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's why Batman wrote his own song in the movie. What is it? <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> Abandoned by my parents. <laughs> He's a real artist. Damn it. Remember that? Part How of many the movie? times have you seen that movie? 100,000. <laughs> Now, uh, <laughs> we, we so we're like, hey, 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 I wake up and I should be happy. And then I should go to bed happy. And all the parts in between should be happy. I should be happy when I sleep. I mean, happy, 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 happy. <laughs> now, uh, then we suffer like, oh, man, I'm dying. Or, oh, man, I'm sinned against. Or, oh, man, this world is terrible. And we're so shocked. And Peter says, dude, this is a command, an apostolic injunction. Do not be surprised. So that the Christian, in fact, expects suffering. So that it's, you know, this is, and this is a quite a different thing, is that when suffering comes and it surprises you, it, it gets you differently than when suffering comes and you're expecting it. Like, oh yeah, I figured that was going to happen because I'm a Christian and I live in a fallen world. And Jesus hasn't come back yet. Right. Got it? Got right. it. I'm ready for my next round. <clears throat> Let's see here. Okay, your round two is... My face is flushed from weeping, and deep darkness is on my eyelids. Uh, my face is flushed from weeping, and deep darkness is on my eyelids. Now, hey. that doesn't sound, that sounds Old Testament-y. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Do you think this has anything to do with why we think we should always be happy? You know that song? so annoying. I love it, man. Yep, got that song stuck back in your head. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Did we do preaching to Hollywood with that song? No, we, I I don't think so. Did we try to exegete the line? I feel like a room without a roof. Oh, that's did right. Did we spend we a couple did. minutes working on that? We did that? do this one. Yeah. Did we exegete it to its sufficiency? Do we know what it means? No. I think we looked it up on Twitter. I think we I think we found out what it meant from the Twitter. Stop trying to get me to access these repressed memories. Anyway, I'm so happy because. I know that this verse is not in the New Testament because I've read the New Testament and I didn't read that verse. So, so that's leading me you, to think that are it's you in the Old Testament that you didn't read the Old Testament. Well, I've looked at it, you know, <laughs> perused. Uh, now, uh, I think. See, so normally, you, what the normal thing that you would want to try to do is trick me by going to the Book mm. of Esther. <laughs> But I do not think this. Now, this is a personal eye. My, my, it says my, my eyes are weary from it weeping. Is that what it says? And it sounds a lot like King David when he says, my bones waxed old because of my sorrow within me. Uh, th this kind of thing. 
it also sounds like Jesus when he praised the Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he, talking about you see my bones and all this sort of stuff. But I'm going to guess that this comes from the greatest sufferer uh, next to Jesus that we have in the Bible, and that is the prophet Job. So I'm going to say, what is the book of Job? What I would like to say is that you only do well in Bible B when you get to pick the, the theme of it. <laughs> I, know, oh, boy, I know all the verses about suffering. That'll be the topic of Bible B so that we can get some right. Yes, you're right. Job it is. Job 16, Job. verse 16. 16, 16. <laughs> is it the words of Job himself? Uh, it is. And Job is saying, look, man, this is really bad. Yeah, I'll, fi- I'll finish it up. Is- I'll say, uh, yeah. so, um, my prayer is flesh from weeping and darkness, uh, deep darkness is on my eyelids, although there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. And my what is pure? My prayer. prayer. Yeah. This is really, because Job now, so Job, we normally get Job. We, I mean, we normally don't get Job. Uh, and we normally think that Job is like this. Here's a guy, really bad things happen to him. And his friend come along and pile on, and he just is really suffering. And then in the end, God says, I'm really huge and awesome, so get over it. That's, I think, the normal, typical reading of Job. Everything which is, is awesome. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and that's bad. That's a wrong reading. Here's the main thing for Job. Job is a priest, remember? He's making sacrifices, and he knows something from the sacrifices. This is the key thing. He knows that his children would have these parties, and he would think that maybe they sinned, and what would he do to cover their sin is he would offer a sacrifice. So that Job knows that the sacrifice is given to cover sin, and not only the sin of his children, but also his own sin. So Job knows because of the voice of the sacrifice, because of the divine service there, that he is forgiven and righteous. Now, we also know that that is what is declared of Job in heaven. Very first verse, Job is righteous, upright, blameless. He's, he's forgiven. And so Job knows that he's forgiven. Now, along comes the trouble, and the devil uses the trouble of Job to try to convince him that God is mad at him. And that is the argument of his friends. Look, God is just. God is holy. He can't stand sin, which is why he punishes you. So now Job has this great temptation, which is all of our temptations and suffering, and that is to trust in God and his voice revealed in, from heaven, which we know in the sacrifice, or to trust his friends and the things that he sees around him and his life. So here's the fundamental question. Is God mad at me or is he happy with me? And then, oh, sorry, that's the question. And then the, now what do I accept as evidence? Do I accept as evidence for God's mad or happy, his smile or frown? Do I accept the circumstances of my life or do I accept the word spoken from heaven? in the in church <laughs> and then job now says i will cling to the word of the righteousness the alien righteousness that is declared to me from heaven see that yeah good okay so that's what's going on that's i said all that just for the 200 points oh yeah i should probably get more points huh okay i'm ready for round two <clears throat> all right uh oh, oh wait really <laughs> are you okay. ready for my round two <laughs> sort of all right, wait, hold on, let me go back here. I was thinking about Job too much. All right, you ready? Ready. We walk by faith and not by sight. Mm. Sounds Pauline again. 
Oh. And do you hear that? Do you hear what I hear? I'm so in love. <laughs> Uh, I think you it's time for a break, so I got to think about this during the yep. during the first break. And then, what are we? What's the picture? I'm I'm pretty excited to hear what that game is all about. Yep, uh, is that next? That's next. Can you all right. It? So after this break, it. we'll finish up some Bible B and play the silly game that Pastor Wilson invented. <laughs> Podcasting before it was cool. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, finishing up the last round of Bible Bee, and then uh, playing What's the Picture? Okay. So uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, is that right? Is that the right verse? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, I know mm-hmm. that comes up. I'm pretty sure this is Paul this time. And um, see, I remember we <laughs> we spent some time um, in this class on suffering in Second Corinthians. So everything sounds Second Corinthians to me. <laughs> and I think that you would probably try to trick me too. To try and go back to the guess that I just, uh, mm-hmm. hmm. I don't know, is it? And then Philippians hmm. sounds familiar again too. Or uh, ha, ha, ha. I'll just say, uh, I'll say Second Corinthians. You are right. See, you tried to trick me. Second Corinthians five verse seven. Well, I think this is a good suffering passage because. Um, kind of going back to what you just said is, you know, what's the evidence of uh, of whether or not God loves me and forsake, has forsaken me? And uh, if we're going to go according to our eyes, you know, I always talk about people, if you're there on uh, uh, in Jerusalem on Good Friday, you see this rabbi, this teacher you've been following for a few years, uh, is there uh, crucified, uh, the, the, the sun goes dark, uh, you know, you, you have all this stuff going on, and you're thinking this is the worst day ever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's but but if you have now the the promise that Jesus said, you tear down this temple, I build again in three days. If you can believe the very word of God, um, then you know that this is not the worst day ever, but actually the best day ever. The reason we call it Good Friday because it's in that. Uh, day which we, our eyes would tell us are terrible. Uh, this this is actually uh, the most wonderful gift of salvation um, uh, in the act of uh, atonement there on the cross. So uh, same is true then for us in our suffering. Um, we are in the midst of it and think this is awful, but uh, we uh, walk not according to our, our eyes, but according to the Word of God and know that uh, no matter what suffering we may, we may, in, may be enduring, our Lord indeed loves us and has not forsaken us, has not left us. And we know that because of his promise, because of what Jesus did on that cross. Mm-hmm. So gospel on this passage. Right. Okay, you ready for your round three? Yeah, except for I want to play What's the Picture instead. Okay. <laughs> can we stop? Was this our last segment? I'll tell you what. We can stop if you give me 300 Table Talk Radio points. Deal. I win! <laughs> no, I think you tie. 
seven hundred to seven hundred. What? Sorry, you don't know how to keep score. Should've, so should have thought you, that you through. got one hundred points round one, and then two hundred yep. points for law gospel. That's three hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot to give you your points for law gospel. Yeah, dang it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Right, now, how do you the play? way What's this the game, the way this game works is, so I've it, it, increasingly convinced that the, one of the most important questions that we ask of the scripture is, "What's the picture?" And this is especially true when we're reading poetry, like the Psalms, but also everywhere in the Scripture. So we're often asking the question, what does this mean? But the, especially the poetic parts of the Scripture are, in fact, giving it to us as an image or as a picture. And that we have to see that picture if we want to see the text. So the way this game works is I'm going to read to you a text, and then I'm going to ask, what's the picture? And you've got to pull the picture out of that text and tell me what the picture is there, and then you get points, loads of them, I'm sure. Uh, uh, you, you see what I mean? No, you might need to so give me an I'll, example. I'll give you an example. So here's Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths I've cried to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Now, we know what that means, but it's, a, it's painting a picture for us of someone who's fallen down in a pit or a well or a deep hole, and they're in the depths, and they're sinking now into the mud, and the mud is coming up, and they're crying out for help because they can't do anything to save themselves. So as they're sinking, they're looking up, and they're crying, help, 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 help. You see that? So, that they're, so that's the picture of the psalm. Mm. And normally we read it, but we don't see it. We don't imagine what it's like, and so we miss it. So that when, we, when we're listening to the Psalms, we'll, we'll see the picture. I mean, an easy another one is, for example, is Psalm 23, which says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, what's the picture there? The picture is a shepherd with his sheep, and his sheep are peaceful. They have everything that they need. They're well-fed. They're well-drank and... <laughs> Satisfied. They're not satisfied. They're not thirsty. They're not. They're they're being led into the ways that they need to go, and it's a picture. Now I can hear the words, but until I start to see the picture that the words are painting for me, then I don't yet have the psalm. You see it? The picture? No, it's this radio. <laughs> I'm just okay, okay. Give me a, give me a shot at this game. I want to okay. give it a try. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ready? Okay. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? So the picture is some guy standing in Oregon, and uh, he's looking at all these hills, which some people call mountains, but unless you're from Colorado. <clears throat> but, you're, right. you, but you're seeing the, the magnitude of these hills that are all around you. And uh, uh, you know if you took it upon yourself to try and just walk one of these guys, you'd be, you'd be walking for several hours. Um, but the but the magnitude they're all bigger than you, and so uh, uh, one uh, one would would see the Lord to be uh, uh, bigger. Uh, that you, you'd you'd see how small you are in the midst of these mountains, uh, trees, and everything around you, and and yet the Lord is the one uh, who can deliver the person in the midst of these hills. That that's help? close. I think that's close. Now, here, here's the main thing on this one is where does my help come from? So this is the picture of a person looking for help. Mm, mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So I'm look. I need help. And why does David need help? Well, because he's surrounded by enemies. He's overrun and outnumbered. So he needs he needs reinforcements. He's called in for reinforcements and he's looking for them, but he doesn't see them coming. And then now he looks to the hills, which is especially that is to look to Jerusalem. 
So there on Jerusalem, where the Lord's temple is, that's where he's looking for help, and he knows that the Lord sends his help from there. Hmm. See? Okay. See that? Okay. All right. Here, I got another one for you. Uh, this is an easier one. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Ah, this is nice. So you give a nice little uh, deer coming along the stream and, and peacefully and uh, quietly is drinking up the, the water from the stream. And and I would suppose then that deer is reliant upon that stream for water. That you deer doesn't just go, you know, pour a glass of uh, a Pepsi in an ice cold uh, glass, but has to go to the stream for such water. And so the uh, uh, the soul of of the psalmist uh, relies upon the word of God for that same uh, nourishment of as the the deer relies upon the stream for the water. That's close. You're getting better. Oh my round. goodness! This, I but hate look. this game. <laughs> but look, so so no, no. This is this is good. This is why we're playing it. So. It says, not as the deer enjoys the water brooks, but as the deer pants for the water brooks. So the picture is a deer that is not at the brooks, but is out in the wilderness, thirsting and longing and looking for his whole might and for his, oh. for his life for the water brooks. You see it? So the okay. picture is a panting deer. Uh, that, you know how normally you pant when you're, uh, when you're, uh, when you're, when you're tired, but now the deer is so thirsty that it's heaving, its tongue is hanging out, it's longing just for a little bit of water that it can get. And it says, just like the deer is panting, so my soul is panting for the, for the God, for the living God, which is relief that comes in the temple. Okay, give me this. Get it? I'll, I'll get another one here. This, okay, here this it time is. I'm going to nail it. So, God, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble, and then let me give you the the uh, the 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 the, uh, the refrain of the psalm. So, verse seven: The Lord of hosts is with us; the God of Jacob is our refuge. And again, verse eleven: The Lord of hosts is with us; the God of Jacob is our refuge. Ah, well, when you when you're looking for a, a refuge, uh, you're looking for the the place where you're safe. So, in in, a, in the moment of battle, you, you're fighting the enemy, um, but uh, and you, so when you're when you're in battle, you're always kind of looking around every corner. You're looking at every uh, spot that the enemy might be coming out to, to shoot at you. And and uh, you know, in, in modern context, you gotta you know, look at these landmines every place you go. But when you go to the the place of refuge, it's the place where you're safe. You go back to base, so to speak. You don't have to worry about the enemy behind every corner. You have to worry about the land being a, a landmine. Um, you're, you just know that you're safe. And so when it says that our our God is that refuge, it's the place of safety because He um, uh, he keeps us safe from the enemy, the devil. That's right. And especially here in the ancient world, the picture of refuge is the picture of a castle. So this big castle that's built on top of the hill that's now safe from onslaught. So when it says the Lord is my refuge, it's saying that he is my, he's my castle, my, my, my bulwark, my, my tower, that I can go under the shadow of that castle and I'm now there safe from any sort of onslaught. Nice. See, you got the picture there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much time do we have? You got time for? 25 seconds. All right, here's the last one. Ephesians 2. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. <laughs> well, that, that, I think that's the easiest one. So you have these dead corpses, and, you, and you're uh, seeing them just laying there, not having any life. But then when... Uh, 
I don't know, the EMT comes and shocks a dead body back to life and the person is able to stand up and to to breathe and to talk, it says that he's alive. So that's what the that's life right. that we have in Christ. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points make me happy. <laughs> that's all that matters. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.